Good Sunday morning. This is Mike Sarig, the voice of Vital Ministries, and it's good to be with you on this Sunday. I tell you what, uh, at end of January, the temperatures are moving up. M might we have a January thaw? I'm thinking possibly yes, because they're talking as much as next week as possibly being in the 40s and even in the lower 50s as I look at my weather app in my uh, on my phone. And it's just amazing this time. Uh, you know, just two weeks ago, we're in frigid weather, 30 inches of snow on the ground. That snow is moving down pretty quick and pretty fast. But folks, hang on. I don't think... Uh, winter's over. But with that being said, thank you for being with Vital Ministries this morning. I'm listening to KVOE 104.9 FM on your radio. Maybe you're traveling down the highway today and you've picked up this channel, you've turned this on, and you're wondering who is this guy. And I tell you what, we're excited this morning. we got a really good teaching series. And I hope you just stay with us. And most of all, be safe as you travel down the highway today. Watch out for all the stuff that's going on. The, the, uh, some slick spots here and there. And, uh, and also, too, just uh, living in Iowa, always watch out for deer. So just be really attentive to all those things. And also, too, those of you on your way to church as you're headed to worship. A time with the family getting together. What a great time as men and women and and, and and family joining together and headed for church. That is a good thing. It talks about that in the Bible. That's a part of who we are. And it just uh, creates community and also two words of encouragement. And also two, I just, uh, just be mindful and pray to the Holy Spirit to help you as you enter into worship as we praise our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Those of you too who are listening on the radio this morning, thank you so much. I appreciate those that come up and say, hey Mike, I listened to you on Sunday. It's just an encouraging because sometimes you just know, don't know as we uh, as on the radio you're speaking and there's no audience. So you just hope somebody is out there that's actually listening. So thank you so much for those words of encouragement. Coming up, we got a few things uh, to start before we jump into the series this morning. February 3rd, which is next Saturday morning, our next Warrior Breakfast in New Sharon at Lighthouse Church. And again, that's February 3rd. The next Warrior Breakfast is at Lighthouse Church from 8 to 9 o'clock in the morning. And like I always remind all the men, meat is always on the menu. I always thankful for uh, guys like Steven Utrecht and uh, Andy Mart. They just bring the meat and uh, just make sure that you guys have plenty of bacon and sausage. Man, I tell you what, those sausage patties that Andy provided look like hamburger patties. And I tell you what, that's just a lot of good food. And we just got a lot of good men that are loving on people that uh, get ready to prepare for the men that are coming. And we're, we're excited about this next week, about our next Warrior Breakfast. So you don't want to miss out. That's for all men. You, and this is a good time to bring men who wouldn't come to church, but might say, hey, will you come to breakfast with me? And might entertain that idea. So I just encourage you to be a part of that. Again, that's February 3rd, Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. We are done promptly. I promise I will have you out the door at 9 o'clock so you can get on with your day. Also, two coming up at the Lighthouse Church on February 10th is our Valentine's Day banquet. What a great time. We got a great gal in our church by the name of Kenitha, and I should tell you what, she gets so fired up about this Valentine's banquet, and she's got all these ladies and men lined up cooking. I tell you what, if you want to have a meal that is unbelievable, that I don't think you can hardly get at one of your most finest restaurants. You don't want to miss out on that night. It's a great time. Uh, the Valentine's Day banquet, February 10th. You come to get on the Light, uh, Lighthouse website and get that information. And also too, you can call the church and find out 
about more information about the Valentine's Day banquet. You don't want to miss out on that as well. But this week, as we get started this morning, we are in week two teaching on how to share the gospel. I found it interesting how many people are responding to this teaching. And you can literally see lights going on inside people's heads as their understanding of why it's important and for everyone is called to give the gospel message. It's just not for the pastor. It's just not for the staff. It's just not for a missionary. It is for everyone. See, most of us come from this. Uh, I want you to think about this song uh, from Jelly Roll, Son of a Sinner. And it's on the on the uh, country western uh, uh, banners and stuff like that. And he says, we, aren't we all truly sons and daughters of sinners, passed down bondage of sin and shame, looking for hope and for a reason? Well, in the songs, the son of the sinner, Jilly Roll says this. Now, I can't sing, and I wish I could, but I'm just going to read these, just a few of these lyrics, because I think it's important for us as the importance of sharing the gospel message. He says this, I never get lonely. I got these ghosts to keep me company. I took the rear view off this old Ford so I can see in front of me. Now, the past is out of sight and out of mind. Swore I changed. Now I'm back changing these white lines. I'm just a long-haired son of a sinner searching for new ways I can get gone. I'm a pedal to the highway. If you ever wonder why I write these songs, because I'm only one drink away from the devil. <coughs> I'm only one call away from home. Yeah, I'm somewhere in the middle. I guess I'm just a little right and wrong. Man, I tell you what, can't you feel the heartbeat when you're listening to these words that I'm sharing with you this morning about a man who is struggling in the midst of his sinful life and sinful nature. But see, I like this guy's music because it takes you to the dark side of life with hopes of finding light. A lot of people around us live this song looking for a reason in life and for an opportunity to give moments of hope. Isn't that so true? See, last week I taught on the sharing the gospel requires touches. Touches in another person life that leads them to finding Jesus. Touches. When we, we spent a man, I tell you what, I had, I had great responses for that. Matter of fact, I had another church reach out to me wants me to speak to their teen group, and it's just exciting because, man, teaching people on how to spread the gospel is something that lights me up. And I, I shared with you last week four points. I'm just going to touch on that this morning, but I shared with you four points. The first one was this, is touches will require you to notice. And what I meant by that is that you notice people around us, are they just caught up in our own worlds? For us, a lot of times, and sometimes other people are the same way, unaware of people in their everyday ordinary lives. I don't know about you, but man, when you pass by the, the college campuses and even high school, man, I don't know if you ever noticed, but these young people stare at their cell phones and don't connect eye connection whatsoever. There's no verbal communication going on whatsoever. And I sit there and I think this culture really needs to have a touch of someone simply noticing them. We had a couple of Penn College students come to our church last Sunday. I tell you what, it lit me up. It was like new life had just walked in the door. And I tell you what, it's all because of a notice. It's all because of taking the time. My, my second point I talked about was this is, Touches will require you to invite. How often do we invite people for coffee, lunch, or a moment just to simply to listen to them? As 
As my son says, you have to get on the other side of the table with them. Isn't that true? In order to connect with someone and to share the gospel message, you have to get on the other side of the table, spend some time, get that eye contact with each other, get some relationship going on. Those are the opportunities that we get that we that will give us opportunities to invite them, not only to church, but also to, to invite them to having Jesus Christ in their life. Number three I talked about last week was touching will require you to make a defense. Now, Do we come and defend our friends who don't know Jesus? Do we pray for them? Do we push back on people who talk down on them? Man, we were all once sinners, don't we? And a lot of, remember in the Bible, it talks about the Pharisees and the the sinner. The sinner, he went to his knees and wouldn't even look up and he beat his chest. And he said, "I, I, I can't even look up to heaven. But the Pharisee, he stands on the hillside looking down on the sinner and says this, man, I'm glad I'm not like him, a sinner like he is. Who was more righteous? The man that was kneeling couldn't look up. The sinner was most righteous. Number four, touches will require you to love. Do we love the sinner yet hate the sin? We've heard that many times. Sometimes love has to bring truth. Isn't that true? You're going down the wrong road. Sometimes truth in love and sharing with another person and letting them know that their sinful life, folks, is taking them to hell. And we don't want to talk about that much. We always want to talk. Everybody goes to heaven, right? Everybody goes to heaven and everybody, when they die, becomes an angel. That is the absolute lie of the enemy. What the truth is, there's choices in this life that will send forth in the life eternal of whether we are with Jesus in heaven or we go into the depths of hell. And by the way, folks, there's nothing biblically at all that says when a person passes away that they become an angel. There are distinctions of angels and people who go to heaven. Nowhere in scripture is that ever said. Now, today we're going to talk about sharing the gospel takes courage. You ever watched that movie, The Wizard of Oz? Most of us say yes, and and man, have I dated myself a little bit about this, but it's a good movie, isn't it? It's it's just a good family movie. Well, anyway, uh, Dorothy is now with uh, the scarecrow who needs a heart or excuse me, needs a brain, and then you got the tin man who needs a heart, and then they catch up with the lion who lacks courage. So this lion, he's out there, and they're they're going through, and they hook up with this lion, and they're scary for us, and this lion comes out to try to scare them, and then goes after the little dog, Toto, right? Well, anyway, what happens is Dorothy gets all this courage, and she goes up to the lion and slaps him on the face. What does he do? He starts crying. Do I got my nose bleeding? He goes, he lacks such courage. He can't see. He says, I haven't, can't see the bags under my eyes? I haven't slept for weeks. And the tin man goes, well, maybe you should count cheap. And he goes, I'm scared of them too. (laughs) But I mean, just lack courage. And I think that's a lot of times what happens is we lack courage. But I'm hoping today that we get a, a glimpse of what courage can be because of what Jesus has done in our lives. You know, I'm hopeful today as we think about courage and what and what God can do is something great. See, I believe the devil wants us to be and live cowardly as to living a life of courage and sharing our faith. I've had times in my own life in which I shared my faith that I felt like my heart was literally going to beat out of my chest. But I pushed through, asked the Holy Spirit for help, and that Jesus would be with me when I talked about other people about salvation who have never came to know Jesus, my Savior. See, Jesus, in my mind, 
was a man of courage and a man above other men. He took on religion with a force, fought against religious men like the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes. He spoke the truth, knowing the price of his truth would ultimately lead him to a cross. Yet he persevered and took on the cross, went to hell, took back the keys, and was resurrected from the dead by defeating death three days later and now sits at the right hand of God the Father. That, my friends, takes courage. That is a man of courage. That is a person that we can look at. You know, a lot of times we sit, we, we look at a lot of sports people. And, you know, all of us got, you know, the, this big weekend, it's a big wild card weekend between the Kansas City Chiefs and, and you got the Ravens going on and you got the Detroit Lions and you got the Ravens, or excuse me, the 49ers. I don't know about you, but I like the Chiefs and I hope it's the Chiefs and the Lions. But how cool would it be a Midwest NFL Super Bowl. But again, what does it matter? But what I've learned is those people, those men are not my heroes because they're same as me. They can fail. They do some amazing feats on the field, don't they? And it does without a doubt take courage. But it's no less than a person who lives everyday life, who goes out, does their job, leads their family, and goes and do what they're called to do, has just as much courage and talent as any pe- person who might be on a basketball court, might be on a, a, a wrestling mat, or might be out on a football field. You name the sport, we're all the same. See, today we're going to look at the Bible and see four truths of courage that Jesus shared with another tax collector by the name of Zacchaeus. So let's open our Bibles this morning. Let's look at Luke chapter 19. And we're going to start with Luke's 1 and 2, verses 1 and 2, and get a little bit of background, get a little bit of uh, a place to understanding of how this story unfolds. And starting in in Luke 19, verse 1 in the Bible, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. Now, I'm going to stop there for a second. Let's get a little bit of background, a little bit of knowledge about who Zacchaeus was as a man. See, Zacchaeus was a publican, which means tax farmer. His job was to collect taxes from Jews for the Roman Empire to make Rome bigger and greater, right? But a Jew collecting taxes from other Jews for the Romans was despicable. They hated on him. But see, back, but, uh, but Zacchaeus, he had a title of being the head tax collector. He had an organization that answered to him, and he was very well, was a very wealthy man. We just read that. But he was hated by his countrymen, hated by the people in this nation. Kind of like me, reminds me of a, like a Danny DeVito running around. Him. I ever seen the movie Romancing the Stone? Danny DeVito is that guy that's always wanting to get rich and everybody just simply hates on him. And in my mind, <laughs> when I read this story, I don't know why that imagery just comes to my mind. I think of Danny DeVito out there running around. But see, Zacchaeus, he also lived in Jericho, the last town before traveling to the Roman road to Jerusalem. Jesus is on his last crusade, the last opportunity of touching people in other communities as he heads to Jerusalem in which he goes to die. Now, but here's the interesting thing. He takes the opportunity, touching people, and takes time to bring salvation to a wee little man 
by the name of Zacchaeus. And so the story begins. I'm going to give you four truths this morning that I think is really going to help us to understand about sharing the gospel message and having the courage to do so. So again, we're going to jump into uh, uh, truth number one is when you receive the gospel, it reveals that God has already been working on your heart. Man, isn't that so true? So let's look at verses three and four and see what the Bible has to say for us this morning. He says, he tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd. Again, Danny DeVito over there, right, folks? So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree beside the road for Jesus was going to pass by. Now, I'm going to change Zacchaeus' name to Zach. It kind of help us out a little bit morning and, and, and as we go in the story. But see, Zach wanted to, wanted to see Jesus for himself. Nothing was going to get into this man's way to get a glimpse of him. You can see by his actions that he was desperate. My mind wants to think that although he had all the luxuries in the world, yet he had a bankrupt heart. All those things, money, House, camels, maybe even a, a Arabian horse couldn't fill the void of Zach's heart. And Zach had something that he needed to see to get a glimpse of Jesus. See, he had to be heard of the stories of Jesus' healings, the demons that were cast out, and the miracles. And what if he truly was the Messiah? The Son of God has come to town. John 6, 49 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up in the last days. God is working on the heart of Zach. He, is ex he, he, he exposed his sinful heart in order to find Jesus. Isn't that how it works today? God exposing our sin so that we will chase after Jesus. Again, we all are sinners and fall short of God's glory. Matter of fact, Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned. And Romans 6.33 says, the wages of sin is death. See, that should bring us to an urgency in our hearts for lost family, lost friends, lost people. Jesus was courageous in going to the lost. And that's the same thing that we have to do today. We have to trust and believe that God has already been working on the heart of the person in which God is wanting us to present the gospel message. We just got to have the courage to present it so that, the, so that people, lost souls, will receive it. See, that's the key. The Holy Spirit's already working. The thing is that we just got to be obedient in the moment and step into the moment and do as God says, which brings me to truth number two. When a person receives the gospel, it results in immediate obedience. Now we're going to continue reading in verses five and six. When Jesus came by, he looked up to Zacchaeus and he called him by name. Hey, Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. It says that Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in the great excitement and joy. See, here's the big story in this. Jesus saw Zac. He stopped amongst the crowd. All eyes looked up to the tree and here was Zach, the Danny DeVito up in the tree. He got down right now. He, he, Jesus says, I'm headed to your house today. We're going to have a meal. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk. We have a divine meeting, you and me. Wow, I don't know about you, but can you get the moment that must, that moment that must have been for that man by the name of Zacchaeus? Jesus sees something in Zach that others couldn't and neither did Zach himself. Jesus takes a moment. 
See, you see, folks, there is no salvation without obedience and surrender. I'm going to say that again. I think that's really good. You see, there is no salvation without obedience and surrender. See, the heart of the gospel message is redemption and restoration. When we do that, our lives are now in alignment with Jesus. True salvation, true acceptance of Jesus results in immediate obedience. That's what it means to receive Jesus. John 3, 3 says this, Unless someone is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 2 Corinthians 5, uh, 5.15 says, No longer I live for themselves. Nothing greater than seeing changed lives walking in obedience. I, I, I've seen men's and I've seen this transformation. Matter of fact, I got a man who's in Vital Men and he's been in Vital Men and uh, this man is a patriot. Uh, he, he is phenomenal. And um, he, man, it was a lot of years he, he'd come to Vital Men and ask a lot of questions. Matter of fact, he'd sit in the front table chewing on ice. Used to drive me crazy. But anyway, man, he just kept coming week after week and asking questions. And then all of a sudden, God opened his heart. See, this man, he received Jesus. At the time before, he lived a sinful life like most of us was. He, he was kind of a carouser with other women. He was also a, a, a man that drank a little too much most of the time. And, but yet, there was, he knew that there was a void in his life. And then he meets a woman. He meets a woman who lit up his heart and helped expose in the midst of his life a what could be. I mean, I loved it. I married this couple. It was so cool to watch how the transformation of this man and this wife. God got in the middle of what was going on in their marriage and in their life, and it changed everything. And I believe that's what God does for us, doesn't he? He changes everything. He changes in our lives to see what can be, which moves us to truth number three, when you receive Jesus, excuse me, when you receive the gospel, you respond with repentance and restitution. Let's go to verses 8 through 10. Now, I'm going to come back to verse 7. So hold on, don't think I'm going to I'm going to skip it. That's going to be our last point, but verse 8 through 10. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, "I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and I have cheated people on their taxes, and I will give them back four times as much." Jesus responded, "Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save those who were lost. See, Zach uh, received Jesus as his savior, repented of his sins, and he turned away from his old sinful life. No longer was he a slave to sin. The deception of wealth, prestige, status, no longer satisfied him. He was fully took hold of the sinful actions and changed his ways. It was a 180 turn. And I think that's the true um, acceptance of understanding. You see, repentance means to have a change of mind, a reversal in direction. A changed life is the greatest indication that someone has truly accepted Jesus Christ in their life. And that's the mark of a changed life. Continuing to go down on the same road and keep going back to the same thing does not truly mean what it means to have repentance and restitution. 
It means that you just got out of, you were hoping to get out of a jail free card and that Jesus was going to give that and you could go back to your own sinful nature and then come back and do it again. No, that's not how salvation works. But salvation works in such a way that you are now a changed life. There is a 180 turn. There is a shift, a turn, a move, a change of mind, all those things through the power of the Holy Spirit that changes in the midst of your life. And I believe that's what God's wanting for us today. Some people that's even listening to my voice today might say, Mike, I'm, man, that's, that's clicking with me. I, I'm getting it. Man, I, I, I need to change my life. I, I want to have a relationship with Jesus Christ in my life, which brings me to the truth number four. When you receive the gospel, it will reveal your true fence. Let's go back to verse seven. I want to show you that. This will re- reveal your true fence. But the people were displeased. He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, and it says they grumble. See, this part really troubles me, and I see it amongst Christians, or should I say religious people. See, Zach had a heart change and an encounter with Jesus, a spiritual renewal, but his so-called friends or his so-called acquaintances couldn't rejoice with him. They weren't excited that salvation had came to his home. See, Zach had a lifetime of, of cheating, making making uh, uh, mistakes, uh, doing things that should only in the church, I'm going to say this, umbrella of mercy, only in the church do we kill our wounded. Matter of fact, that we are unconvinced of who Jesus can be in the midst of their lives. That's why it's so important for us to get around new believers or those that are the prodigal sons who return to their faith. Walk with them, befriend them, spend time with them. Every Christian should have someone they are willing to uh, walk with or meet with in their life. I think that's why Jesus warned, warned his men in John 15, 18 through 20, that their friends would hurt them and betray them, and that they would be persecuted and even hated by them, just as Jesus was himself. See, true salvation in your life will reveal your true friends. But will you have the courage to stand when the day of evil comes for Jesus? True salvation results in a changed life. Only over time will people might be convinced that you are a true believer. But here's the thing. You don't have to convince them. All you got to do is be real before Jesus, and that's all that matters. That's what I have learned in my life, because people will say what they will say against you. Man, I've, I've, I've lived a life of that, of people being persecuted. Matter of fact, I've, I, even in ministry, this past year, I had significant persecution, and it was hard. It was really hard. There was, there, there was a time in the midst of in, in my ministry that I, I thought it was over. I was done. But God prevailed, and I'm thankful for that. God came, God came and changed that situation and changed hearts. And sometimes a, a person who who can't get past those things, sometimes they just they do. They have to leave. It just it's just part of the process. And sometimes that's healthy for both sides. And I think that's what that's the intention for us today is to realize that in order, sometimes friends will go against you because in the name of Jesus and the true changes of your own life. And that is the key. See, folks, I believe in order to share the gospel, you have to have courage. I pray this morning that God gives us the courage, that Holy Spirit gives us the courage we need in order to present the gospel message. Will you pray with me this morning? Dear Jesus, again, I just want to thank you for this day, for the opportunity to share about you, your message. The message that you gave when you came on earth on these 33 years. 
Lord, we love you and we praise you. We thank you that you did, in fact, take on a cross for our sins and died a crucified life, but was resurrected from the dead three days later and walked on this earth another 40 days. And you now sit at the right hand of the Father waiting to return again. That gives us hope today. Lord, we thank you for salvation. Maybe even today, those listening, that salvation will come to their home, that they will ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. In your name I pray. Amen. Folks, this has been an incredible teaching series. I have thoroughly enjoyed doing it. If you have any comments, you can go to the Vital Ministries website. You can either contact me by email or on my phone. You can catch that as well. Love to hear your stories about how Jesus is changing your life. This is Mike Serig, the voice of Vital Ministries. <music>